Okay. We're going to open up with a word of prayer here, and we'll get to Job. Dear Father God, I do thank you for this morning. I'm thankful for uh, the beauty of what you've made for us, and I'm thankful for uh, just the opportunity to, um, to be able to fellowship, to uh, come together and to learn and to worship and um, to do everything that is a part of, of being a part of you. I'm thankful for those who are able to be here. God, I pray that you'd be with those who are still on their way. God, with um, the roads and everything, I pray that you give them safety traveling. Um, <clears throat> I pray that you would be with those who are not able to be with us, God, and um, just know that some things are impossible right now, and I uh, just pray that you'd be with um, them, God, that uh, they can still take as much as possible from, from the opportunity that we have in this time to, uh, to join each other um, through media. And I pray that uh, uh, you'd be, especially this morning, with, with Richard McNutt. Um, he has a serious health issue. God, I pray that you'd be with doctors um, and be with him emotionally, God, that uh, um, I just, uh, I'm, I'm sure this is a, a scary thing, and um, I pray that you will feel your comfort and your love. It's in Christ's name we pray this morning. Amen. All right, we are in Job chapter 29. <clears throat> Job 29, we're going to try to get through 31, and we start a new section, really, of, of, uh, of Job, uh, kind of the ending of Job from this point on. Um, we've gone through three rounds of speeches, and Job has answered uh, up through 28. Um, Job is still speaking at 29, so if you wanted to group this with the previous section, that would be... Uh, you know, these are just kind of arbitrary, you know, divisions. But, but he sort of switches here in terms of he's kind of uh, everything's been in the. Uh, he's been talking about, oh, I wish I could make my case to God and stuff. So this is like his summary defense. You know, the defense rests, and this is this is what I'm gonna my final words. And so these three three chapters, he's not really arguing and challenging their viewpoints anymore. He's kind of turning to his transition. I mean, I'm sure some of this is addressing what they've, they've said, but um, it's a little bit um, just kind of a, a shift in his, uh, in his speech. So uh, we're going to read the first six verses of chapter 29. Yeah. He says, Job further continued his discourse and said, Oh, that I were as I was in months past, as in the days when God watched over me, when his lamp shone among, upon my head, and when by his light I walked through darkness, just as I was in the days of my prime, when the friendly counsel of God was over my tent, when the Almighty was yet with me, when my children were around me, and when my steps were bathed with cream, and the rock poured out rivers of oil for me. Anything of interest in this section to you. Yeah. 
and just as we read this, there's something I didn't pick out. Um, I don't know if it's if it's just in this version that I read it, um, and maybe it wasn't in the other one, or if I just didn't miss it. But we learn an important detail, uh, or confirm an important detail. This is not years, and it's not a short. This doesn't happen in a week. This doesn't happen over a long period of decades or whatever. It's months. We're talking within months. So it could be eight or nine month period that this happened. It kind of feels like this has been dragging out for a long time, but it's, 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 you know, I suppose it could be over a year, you know, it could be a year and a half that you would maybe talk about months, but we do that with kids, right? Oh, it was 18 months. And, but, but we're not talking about a long, long period of time here. Um, so he, he starts reminiscing um, this, this chapter, he kind of reminisces, um, oh, for the good old days, right? We all kind of do that, at least those of us who have good old days. <laughs> so um, what is important to Job? What's important to you is what you reminisce about, right? What's important to him? God, right? God's counsel, when I had God's counsel. Uh, and his family. Um, what else? What does verse six mean? Okay. So he had a prosperity, but how does he phrase his prosperity? He gives illustrations of his prosperity. Remember, Eliphaz is, uh, it's interesting to note what he doesn't mention. I think Eliphaz's prosperity was kind of summed up in what he thought was really important. He talked about gold. Oh, then you'll have gold. You'll have lots of gold and and in some gold, you know, this is kind of what Eliphaz was really interested in. That's his priority. And no mention of gold here. Um, he, he summarizes his prosperity in terms of food. When, when, when I had cream and when I had oil, oil not being petroleum. I didn't know about petroleum yet. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was olive oil. That was a luxury that was probably every bit as valuable today uh, as petroleum would be, that they used it to light their house as well as, as to eat and things like that. But that was just a sign of fatness of the land. So, so he, he, he doesn't really talk about camels that were gone and all the things that somebody else might value monetarily. He doesn't even care about that. It was kind of interesting. Uh, so that's the first thing he reminisces about, his first value. Then he's going to go on in, in the next, next section. He, he switches up a little bit. He's still reminiscing. Verse 7, he says, When I went out to the gate by the city, when I took my seat in the open square, and young men saw me, and they hid, and the aged rose and stood, and the princes refrained from talking, and they put their hand over their mouth. The voices of nobles was hushed. The, t the tongue... Uh, their tongue stuck to the roof of their mouth. And when the ear heard, it blessed me. And when the eye saw, then it approved me. 
So what is he reminiscing about here? Okay. It almost, it almost sounds, if you think about it, it almost sounds a little bit um, proud <laughs> if you read it like that. I, I don't read it like that, but I could see where, you know, oh, when people, when I walked by, people gave me honor. And you can see how somebody might interpret that as being, you know, as, you know, vanity and things like that. And I don't think he's narcissistic. The reason I don't is because he's never indicated that to this point. He's never said anything else to this point that showed he was very narcissistic and cared about all these things. But sometimes things are simply true and stating them is a true fact. He was an honored person. Um, and I think it largely had to do with what he mentions in the first thing is there was a council of God that he was associated with. And he was held as a man of honor, largely because of his goodness, you know, and I, I think that was important to him. You know, people's, it, it, we talked about his integrity is important to him. And I think that, that connection being recognized for your virtue and, and when, when people tarnish that and challenge that, that hurts deep. It's like, I have, I had a good example. I had a, you know, People recognize that, and I think that was important to him. Um, so I think then in this, this last section, he's going to talk about how he became honored. Uh, in verse uh, 12, then through the end of the chapter, we're going to spend a little bit more time uh, maybe here um, as it, moving forward. So he says, be, uh, so he says the, the I saw and they approved me because... Because I delivered the poor who cried out, and the fatherless, and the one who had no helper, the blessing of a perishing man came upon me, and I caused the widow's heart to sing for joy. I put on righteousness and clothed me. My justice was like a robe, like a turban. I was eyes to the blind, and I was feet to the lame, and I was a father to the poor, and I searched out the case that I didn't know. I broke the fangs of the wicked and plucked the victim from its teeth. Then I said, I will die in my nest and multiply my days as the sand. My root is spread out to the waters and the dew lies all night on my branch. My glory is fresh within me and my bow is renewed in my hand. My men listened to me and waited. They kept silence for my advice. And after my words, they didn't say anything after that. My speech settled on them like dew and they waited for me like rain. And they opened their mouth wide like they would for spring rain. And if I mocked at them, they didn't believe it. In the light of my countenance, they didn't cast down. I chose the way for them and sat as a chief. And so I dwelt as a king in the army, as one who comforts mourners. And we learn a lot about, I think, about his life. What was he? Why was he honored? Okay. Yeah. So, so he, the the friends talk a good game, uh, but he he's citing an example, and no one's going to challenge him. 
after this. There's no answers, there's no reply because they all know who he was. And they all know that these things, when he gives his, you know, his account of who he was, they all knew this to be true. So who was he? What was he? Whether formally or informally. The end here he talks about judging. He says, actually, in, in verse 25, he says, I chose the way for them. <laughs> yeah, whatever their, however they figured out who the ruler was in a local area, he was it. And when he decided something, no one said, that's probably a bad idea. They're like, you know, so he was not just a ruler, he was recognized as a good one. This, if Job says to do it, you know, you have people like that in your life. Like, oh, that person said that? I'll probably do that. You know, that's. Right. 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 Yeah. Whether he was the oldest or whether he was just recognized as being, you know, uh, just being very competent. Um, he was he was trusted. Um, <clears throat> so. When he talks about his honor. Um, what does he not list? Kind of a like. What do you mean? What does he not list as a source of his honor? What does he not list? What's what's notice, noticeably ab, absent? You notice he doesn't talk about wealth again. Now, a lot of people look for wealth in people that are. Rulers. He doesn't talk about his power. Right? They had kings back then, which would be like a city king, not a not a you know a national king. Not just a little local. He wasn't even that. He doesn't talking about having power. He talks about his advice um, and influence, but he doesn't talk about you know being able to command and. Um, so, uh, but what is he talks about is um, his character. What is his character? What are some of the things he, he lists? What were priorities of his, of his lifestyle in this section? So we're starting from verse 12 all the way down through. Okay. Okay, so so the first is the first thing that comes to his mind and this is one of the things that he was attacked mostly on was his treatment of poor people and, and lesser fortunate people, widows, orphans, poor. 
He's like, this is why I was honored. This is why you guys all honored me. Now you're, now you're sitting there telling me that I don't do this, but this is why you used to honor me because I was recognized for how I treated women and, and how I treated the poor people, and orphans. Um, what else about his character? Yeah. If you, you know, meteors like somebody said that somebody said this about you and you don't believe it because you understand the character of that person. Well, it's even beyond that. Um, so, so when when he says, "If I mocked at them, they didn't believe it," and so he's 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 talking about something he did, not something that somebody said about what he did. Right? He had such a uh, a known character in terms of his controlled speech that if he was joking with you, you would know he was joking. Because you know, some people you're like, do they actually think that? <laughs> Is that something they're pretending to joke about, but they really think it? But he, he had such an innocent, apparently had such an innocent um, character that, that you would know clearly when he was making fun you know, his joking and his, you know, his regular conversation where, where you would just understand it in context. I think that's kind of what he's saying. I, I did, I did read that and found that an interesting, interesting verse. Um, but he, he talks about in this section, I mean, that, that is connected with his speech. I think his speech is very important to him. Um, his wisdom and his speech. And he was known for that. Um, and, uh, he talks, even backing up in the, the middle part of this, uh, starting in uh, verse 14, he talks about righteousness and justice. Uh, so, his, so his character, his empathy, his ability. Uh, I, I find something interesting here. And um, he says, I was eyes to the blind, I was feet to the lame. And he says, I was a father to the poor. Um, and so it's, it's interesting that, that he almost, I don't know if, if in a legal sense, like we think, but almost adopted people and families kind of like, you know, like, I'm going to watch out for your family. And he almost had like this informal adoption of, of, of maybe some poor kids in the, in the neighborhood. And I think there's another section in, in, in these chapters where he gets into that. Um, but then we turn to chapter 30. Um, and this is the kind of the harsh reality. He gets this harsh reminder. In verse 1 through 14, he says, Now they mock me, men who are younger than I am. So we, we find out that these men are, in fact, younger than him. It was kind of that one verse that almost some people think that that they were older than him, but in reality, they were talking about people who they were quoting who were older than Job. They were younger than him. Their fathers I disdained to put with the dogs of my flock. Indeed, what profit is the strength of their hands to me? Their vigor has perished and they are gone from 
uh, need and famine, fleeing late into the wilderness, desolate and the waste. They pluck mallows by the bushes and broom tree roots for their food. They were driven from among men. They shouted at them like they would a thief. They had to live in the clefts of the valleys and caves and earth and the rocks. And among the bushes, they braid under the nettles is where they nested. They were sons of fools, sons of vile men. They were scourged from the land. And now I am their taunt song. Yes, I am their byword. They hate me. They stay far away from me. They don't hesitate to spit at me because he has loosed my bowstring and afflicted me. They have cast off restraint in front of me. And at my right hand, the rabble rises up. They push away my feet. They raise against me their, their ways of destruction. They break up my path. They promote my calamity. They have no helper. They come like broad breakers under the ruinous storm. They roll along and terrors are turned upon me and they pursue my honor like the wind and my prosperity has passed like a cloud. So what is his condition now? What is the irony of his condition yeah he went from being way up to now he's who makes fun of him <laughs> the deplorables the, the the worst the worst parts of society consider him lower than they are Okay. Because he's talking about men younger than me whose fathers I disdain. Yeah. So he's probably at the same age level as, as their fathers. Or, or maybe even their fathers were maybe like a little older than him, kind of like, if, but yeah, somewhere in that, slightly older, slightly younger, somewhere in that, yeah. Um, but certainly he would be contemporaries with their, with their parents of some sort. Um, and I think that is interesting. Um, uh, so when he talks about these poor people, because he goes through and talks about their poverty. Well, he's just had a chapter where he talked about all his care for poverty. So why is he now making fun of people who are, are, are poverty? They, they go out and they pick literally marshmallows for their food. <laughs> um, why, is he, uh, why is he now making fun of them almost? Why is he insulting them in their poverty? Or are these two different groups of poor people? I mean, that's kind of it. So why are these, these groups of people, why are they poor? Where's the source of their poverty? Because he's helped poor people. It's obviously a different group of poor people that he's talking about. What's the source of their poverty? Now, this would not be, just so we understand, these, this would not be um, Eliphaz and Bildad and Zophar that he's talking about. Those were rich guys from the, not even from the same neighborhood. Right? They live elsewhere in the Sinai Peninsula. 
but he's talking about people in his community that look down on him. Why are they poor? What's the general gist of their lifestyle? I think, Diane, you were kind of on it. Right. It's the choices they've made. The way they were raised. Right. So, so it's the choices that they've made. It's not something, you know, that they're beyond, you know, it's not, oh, you're an orphan. You, you can't really control your situation. And in this sense, he's like, they're poor because they're, I knew their, I knew their parents, their parents were worthless people. And that is a family heirloom that keeps on giving. They listened to their parents, they did like their parents, and they've got the same problems as their parents. And it's just a, a cycle that repeats and repeats and repeats. And we see that so often in, in society that when, you, when, when parents live a certain way, the kids grow up. And it means sometimes you escape from it and some, some kids rebel against it. But a lot of times kids adopt it. Uh, and it's very difficult to get away from that mentality. So he talks about um, just the irony. These people now look down at me. That's the, the harsh reality of it. So in verse uh, 15, pick up, uh, or excuse me, verse 16, he says, Now my soul is poured out because of my plight. The days of affliction take hold of me. My bones are pierced at me in the night. My gnawing pains take no rest. By great force, my garment is disfigured. It binds me around the collar of my coat. He has cast me into the mire, and I've become like dust and like ashes. I cry out to you, but you do not answer me. I stand up, you take regard to me, but you have become cruel to me with the strength of your hand. You oppose me, you lift me up to the wind and cause me to ride on it. You spoil my success, for I know that you will bring me to death in the house appointed for all of the living. Surely he would not stretch out his hand against a heap of ruins if they cried when he destroyed it. Have I not wept for him who was in trouble? Has not my soul grieved for the poor? But when I looked for good, evil came to me. When I waited for light, then came darkness. My heart is in turmoil and it cannot rest for days of affliction confront me. I go around mourning, but not in the sun. I stand up in the assembly and cry out for help. I am a brother of jackals and a companion of ostriches. My skin grows black and it falls from me. My bones burn with fever. My harp is turned to mourning and my flute to the voice of those who weep. So we're going to look at uh, some of this as he defines his condition. Um, <clears throat> um, let's see here. Where is that at? I did not put.
So in verse 15, <clears throat> he says, Terrors are turned upon me. They pursue my honor like the wind and that my prosperity has passed like a cloud. Um, does anybody have a different version? Does anybody's version read a little bit differently than that? Okay. All right. So prosperity, we've talked about how Job didn't care about prosperity, seemingly. And I was like, wait a second, he seems to be talking about his prosperity. And this is interesting is if you have a version that translates this as prosperity, this version, this verse, this word, excuse me, is in the Bible quite a bit. And this is the only time in any version that it's translated as prosperity. It's the word salvation. It's the word safety. So he's not talking about his wealth unless he's talking about it in the sense of its ability to save him, to, to rescue him from, from things. Uh, so, so it's not he's not concerned with his, his bank account, um, much like we, he, when he talks about his prosperity previously, he's talking about it in the terms of food, you know, and, and, and things like that. He's not talking about wealth. Um, so uh, so I, I think that's important. Uh, but uh, what does he describe as his condition in this first section here, verse 16 through 19? What, do you, what impression do you get of his situation? It's not really a big shocker. <laughs> we kind of described it already. He's in intense pain. And we, we, we kind of focus on the how awful he looked, maybe. Um, and we get even into that at the end where he talks about my skin grows black and falls off me, almost like it got some kind of gangrene of some sort. Um, but um, he talks about my bones are pierced in the night. And that is, we kind of, we... I think we have a similar phraseology. We talk about our bones aching and things like that. That was a, a reference and probably still is to like a, a deep internal pain, you know, where it's, if your bones, if you feel something in your bones, right, it's, it's different from like a muscle or, or whatever. I mean, it's all pain, but, uh, but it's, like, it's like a deep pain as a, a, opposed to a surface pain. And I think that's just kind of how they uh, referenced it. But he, he says, my soul is poured out. What does that mean? What do you think of when someone says, my soul is poured out? Okay. He's drained. He's drained. I got nothing left. I'm just, I'm exhausted. I am emotionally drained. Is it... it sometimes you get so depressed or whatever. It's like, like if you have something traumatic happen to you, you ever get to the point where you can't even cry. I just, I got nothing. That's where he's at. Now he talks about later, he talks about crying. Um, and he references it a number of ways. And I think that's, um, uh, he talks about, he says, I'm a brother of jackals and a companion of ostriches. Like, what in the world? 
a jackal is like a hyena, right? And an ostrich, if you, well, I looked up videos of ostriches. I'm like, what in the world does this have to do with anything? And they're a loud, obnoxious animal, right? And, <clears throat> and so are jackals. He's like, this is what I'm, this is what my life is like. He's like, I have just loud complaining cries. That's what his life is like. He's in that kind of intense pain. And this is like, I, I go to the assembly. So he still goes to, to whatever religious assembly. And he, uh, he complains in the middle. We kind of have self-respect, don't we? When you, when you come, we get, for an assembly of any kind, we kind of put ourselves together and suck it up for an hour, right? You can be, feel awful, but I'm going to suck it up. And, and he's gone past the point of, of public shame. He does not care. Just complain in the middle is like, oh no, here's Job again. That's how far down he's gotten. Um, he talks about a lot of things. He said, what is his complaint here? not just about his pain or whatever, but what does he seem to be targeting here? Because in, in 30, he switches. He talks about all the things they do, they do, they do, they do this, and they do that. All these, these, these unrighteous people, and they do. And then we get to this, this section in verse 20. What, where does he, what is, what, what's the shift in verse 20? Okay. Who's he talking to? There, that is a shift. He's, he's given up. He doesn't know. He's like, I have no more answers. Who's he talking to beginning in verse 20? God. He's no longer answering his, his these guys. This is a God. I don't know. I'm at a loss. And he's like, I know you're going to take me sooner or later. Here, it, it, this has to be the end of it. Um, and he feels that this is a, a miscarriage of justice. I, I, he's gone through all of the things that he is and feels that he is. I just don't have any answers. And so he assumes that, that death is near. Um, and so in 31, he's going to continue talking to God, and yet, in, in a way, he's still answering some of, the, um, some of the accusations, but he's not doing it directly to them. He's doing it now, maybe knowing they're nearby, or maybe, he's, maybe they're not nearby. I don't, we, don't, we don't know that. Um, but in verse 31, he goes through, I mean, they gave some specifics. He's going to be incredibly specific in his understanding of his own character. Uh, he says, I've made a covenant with my eyes. We're going to read verses 1 through 12. He says, I've made a covenant with my eyes. Why then would I look at a young woman? For what is the portion of God from above and the inheritance of the Almighty from on high? Isn't destruction for the wicked and is disaster for workers of iniquity, does he not see my ways and count my steps? 
If I've walked with falsehood, or if my foot has hastened to deceit, let me be weighed on honest scales so that God can know my integrity. If my step has turned from the way, or my heart walked after my eyes, or if any spot adheres to my hands, then let me sow and let another man eat. Yes, let my harvest be rooted out. If my heart has been enticed by a woman, or if I have lurked at a neighbor's door, then let my wife grind for another man and let others bow down over her. For that would be wickedness. Yes, it would be iniquity deserving of judgment. For that would be a fire that consumes to destruction and would root out everything I've gained. Don't stop there. Um, what is his main... What are his main things to this point that he is declaring about his righteousness? So he's sitting here making an itemized list of, of who he is. Okay, so, so right, so, so he's um, kind of, there are a couple of sections here, uh, but mostly this has to do with his purity. I've made a covenant with my eyes, and I haven't violated it. You guys have kind of accused me of it. Uh, I think there's really something that is interesting. Uh, there are some, what do we learn about his wife here? Or maybe about him. I assume, yeah, I believe so. Um, uh, we kind of, there was a verse kind of at the at the beginning that seemed to indicate that he was only married to one person, and and here he speaks of his wife singular. He doesn't speak of many. Right? Um, so it's interesting. He seems to still care for her. She's still alive, first of all. Uh, there are some people that assume that she's dead and uh, that, or she's left them or she's dead and that the family, I don't know if it's just some people want the story to end the way they would like it, you know, like they like the Hollywood ending or whatever, and you get rid of the, the bad one, get a good one, life goes on, it's wonderful. And, and, and there's a lot of people that assume that that's where the children come from, this other, you know, made up way, but he's still married to her. Um, and he says, uh, he, he says, and the language is interesting. He says, if, if I've done these things, then let my wife be taken away and be a slave for somebody else. Now, he's not actually wishing that, right? This is, he's using his wife as the basis of an oath, right? So like we say, like, I, I swear on my grandmother's grave or, you know, like whatever, whatever the, the popular thing in a particular society is using his wife's freedom and liberty as the basis of proving his honor. Well, you only do that with something that you care about, right? He's not actually wishing her. He's the opposite. He's wishing her not to have this happen. So 
for whatever reason, I mean, we, we look at all of these, like, she's turning his servants against him, she's doing all this, like, what a horrible woman, and he still cares for this woman. So I mean, he's a, a, got an amazing character. Um, in verse 13 through 15, he moves on. He says, if I have despised the cause of my male or female servant when they complained against me, what then shall I do when God rises up? When he punishes, how will I answer them? I answer him. Didn't he who make me in the womb also make them? Did not one fashion us in the womb? Well, we learn a lot here, don't we? What is his character? That's pretty advanced thought. That's a pretty advanced thought for that point in time. Especially in the East, the slaves were property. They were disposable. And what does he do? What's his character? What does he do? What are the, what's the order of the household? Under his, the, under the way he had run it, anyway. His servants get a right to complain. <laughs> Think about that. That he even listens to them. That he, they even have a chance to say something. And he listens. And on top of that, he makes it right. If they're right. That that's an unheard of. He's not right simply because. He owns them, right? Right. He understands their humanity, and that's kind of the source of, of all of it, right? Verse um, 24, or excuse me, 16. Uh, he goes, if I kept the poor from their desire or caused the eyes of the widow to fail or eaten my morsel by myself so that the fatherless couldn't eat of it. And look at this kind of talks about what we already talked about. However, and this is like a parenthesis in mine. I don't know about yours. He says, however, from, the, from my youth, I reared him like a father. And from my mother's womb, I guided the widow. If I've seen anyone perish for lack of clothing or a poor man without covering, if his heart has not blessed me, if he was not warmed with the fleece of my sheep, if I have raised my hand against the fatherless when I saw I had help in the gate, then I let my arm fall from my shoulder, let my arm be torn from the socket for destruction from God is a terror to me. And because of his magnificence, I cannot endure. So we kind of see that even from being a young man, he took kids in and kind of treated them like his own kid. I mean, that was obviously, there's something about his raising, that, that, you know, that he had this character as a young person. It tells us, without ever being mentioned, it tells us something about his parents. Uh, he had incredible parents, whoever they were, um, to, to instill in him these value systems. Right. You're right. 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 Yeah. Right. 
Right. Right. And, and, the, and like we said, the only time he ever distinguished between poor and, and rich was when the poor were poor because of their choices. Um, so uh, verse 24, if I've made gold my hope. So it almost seems like a shot at Eliphaz here. I don't care about gold. You do. Um, or if I said to find gold, you're my confidence. If I have rejoiced because of my wealth was great and because my hand has gained much. If I have observed the sun when it shines, I want to think about that statement uh, for, just, uh, for just a second. We'll come back to it. Or if the moon and moving in its brightness so that my heart has been secretly enticed and my mouth has kissed my hand, this would be iniquity and deserving of judgment. For I would have denied God who is above. Is above. If I have rejoiced the destruction of him who hated me or lifted up when evil is found in him, indeed, I have not allowed my mouth to sin by asking for a curse uh, on his soul. If the men in my tent have not said, who is there that has not been satisfied with his food? No sir, sojourner has had to lodge in the streets, for I've opened my doors to the traveler. If I've covered my righteousness like Adam by hiding my iniquity in my bosom, because I feared the great multitude and dreaded the contempt of families so that I kept and did not go out of the door, that I had to hear me there for a second and back up he says uh what is what is this reference to observing the sun if i've observed the sun and the moon because he starts off talking about his wealth what is he wanting to make sure that he never did what's important to him and then he talks about kissing his own hand what hasn't he done? Because he has been wealthy. It wasn't his goal, but he's become wealthy. It's kind of like Solomon. Solomon asks for wisdom and gets riches. But he wants us to know, in gaining this, I never attributed it to the sun or to the moon or to my own ability. I never got into idolatry. Right? I, I never did the rain dance to the god of the rain or to the, you know, I never did any of this. I I've always attributed things to God, and that's it. Now, he wants them to know. I've never gotten into this other stuff. That was a part of his integrity. Um, <clears throat> and so uh, we're going to kind of, we're almost done here, and we'll just hit the last couple of verses. There's so much depth we could, we could get into. Um, but there's verse 35 says, Oh, that I had someone to hear me. Here's my mark. Oh, that the Almighty would answer me, that my prosecutor had written a book. You gotta wait for it. It's coming, buddy. Uh, Surely I would carry it on my shoulder and bind it out on me like a crown. I would declare to him the number of my steps. Like a prince, I would approach him. If my land cries out against me and its furrows weep together, if I've eaten its fruit without money, or caused its owners to lose their lives and let thistles grow instead of wheat and weeds instead of barley. So, and again, here's the, the oath kind of structure. And I like the last phrase here. The words of Job are ended. <laughs> like you, you're a few chapters too late. <laughs> it would have been good if you had made that decision a little bit earlier, because I think those last couple of chapters are really kind of where he jumped the shark and got into... Um, maybe just going a little too far 
I, I wish I could, I want to talk to God and I'm going to tell him stuff and he's going to answer me because he knows I'm right. So we're going to end there and we'll pick it up with Elihu next week. <laughs>